Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To our leadership council, here's what I told them two years ago. Leadership by example is not leadership. It's just doing your job. Today's episode is from the Indiana High School Football Coaches Association Clinic, which was held this past March in person in Indianapolis, Indiana. The replays of that clinic, including this talk with Tom Allen, are available at ifca2022.coachesclinic.com. It's an incredible lineup. I think this talk today with Coach Allen is very impactful. I encourage you to listen to it from end to end. There's so much here to unpack, and I think a lot of things that will be something you can use as an individual coach and something that you can use with your team as well. Again, go to ifca2022.coachesclinic.com to access those replays as well as the eight other clinics that are part of the State Association mega ticket again ifca2022.coachesclinic.com here's the one with coach tom allen where he talks about their word for 2022 the theme of build i got about 30 minutes just to share some thoughts about uh, our program I i was going through and looking at the calendar and the last time i was able to be here was after the 2018 season and before the 2019 season and so a lot, is, uh, a lot has happened since then, you know, to, to our program. And a lot has happened across this country. A lot of things that have created a lot of change. But uh, bottom line is, is, is the last time I spoke, we were really, you know, in, in the process of trying to, trying to break through and trying to create change at Indiana that uh, uh, was uh, meaningful and special in the hearts and minds of our players and also on the football field. So we've really been blessed to, to do some great things the last few years at Indiana. And it's because of all the people that we've been able to attract as coaches and players and, and uh, do things together. But to me, it's really more about the mindset that we've had as a program. And going to recruiting guys that look like that is, is a positive thing as well. Matter of fact, that young man right there on the, on the screen is Marcelino Ball. And he was the very first uh, young man that I recruited to Indiana uh, when I got hired as defensive coordinator. And uh, matter of fact, he just had his pro day yesterday. And uh, he was one of those that got injured and uh, ended up having a sixth year because of the injuries and has been through so much. I just need to see him mature. Now, the good Lord decided he was going to look a little different than most people, but uh, he chose to work. He chose to invest in himself and our program, and, and he's one of those guys that we're really, really proud of how he's matured as a young man. But as you go through and think about some of the things up there, just some key phrases that I 
have kind of latched onto as a program as we've tried to build this thing and, and, and not blinking. You know, this has been a, 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 a challenging journey, you know, to, to build in, in a tough conference, playing a tough schedule every single year, and, and everybody that understands the, the, uh, the division that we're in and who we got to play every single week. But the bottom line is we got to have a mentality that's different and a mindset. And so when I came to Indiana years ago, and it's going on, I can't even believe it, I'm going to be starting my seventh year at Indiana in the fall. And uh, it's hard to fathom that it's been that many years. But the bottom line is we've been uh, really, really blessed to be able to, to try and change a mindset and create a different level of expectations and change the, the belief system, the guys in our program. And so that's been a big, big deal to me. And then the, and the idea of having earmuffs and blinders on something that our guys have bought into. And what I mean by that is, is there's a lot of distractions in the world today. Uh, and social media has really caused a lot of those distractions. And so the idea of earmuffs and blinders for me is when you got earmuffs on, I'm not deaf. Okay. It muffles the sound. All right. But it allows me to control what I want to hear. And I have to be able to do that as a football player, both the good and the bad. And blinders, they don't make me blind, okay? I can still see, but those blinders that you put on a horse are to be able to force you to look straight ahead and not see what's literally beside you or behind you, okay? So it gives our guys a visual, hey, I don't care, good or bad, we've got to have earmuffs and blinders on every single day. Stay focused on the task at hand. You get a big win, earmuffs and blinders. You get a tough loss, earmuffs and blinders. And you're locked in and focused on what's ahead of you. And that's a big deal to me. And then the word grit. You know, I'm a big one-word guy. You guys know that. You know, our 2022 one-word is, is, is a, the word bill. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But 2019, our one-word was grit, which I think really defines our program, which is perseverance and passion towards the long-term goal. That's our definition for grit. Got that from the book by that title of grit. Angela Duckworth is a psychologist that wrote that book and used that whole 2019 season and talking about how do we build grit in our football players. I do believe it can be developed. So it's a very, very important quality that we have as a program. When I think about Indiana football, and when I talk to recruits, and we talk to even attractive coaches that want to come and be a part of our program, these are our pillars. Accountability, toughness, and love. And to me, it all starts with accountability. And I want our players to know, and I want this program to be all about, uh, we're going to set a standard for, we're going to do things the right way. And we're going to treat you the right way. But we're going to hold you accountable. And the, the, the key for me is when players know that you love them, which I know it's the third word in the list, but when they know that you love them, you can hold them to a level where the love that you give to them is sometimes very, very tough. And that's the part I think people missed when they, we, we used the phrase LEO or love each other in our program. They didn't understand what it really meant. Kind of got a little bit criticized when you, when you start the first two years at, at five and seven, five and seven. The last time I talked to you, that was what was going on. And so, but the bottom line was, what I understood in my heart was the word love meant something a little bit different than what I think the perception of that word was interpreted as. Because to me, I see it as sacrifice. I see it as toughness. I see it as an individual that has the ability to confront someone in a way that's going to allow them to become great in this life. Why? Because we all need to hear the truth from somebody that cares about us. Way more as a person than as a football player. Because here's the bottom line. At this level, here's what happens. There's so much pressure on our players to perform. There's so much pressure on the coaches to win. And when that's the case, and I, I get it, money drives a lot of these things. That's, I understand that you have to win when you coach football to be able to keep your job. I understand that. But the bottom line is this. If the value of the young man is tied to his performance, I think it just chokes him out. I believe that. And they, you have to free him of that. 
And they have to understand that, I get it, their, their playing time, oh yeah, that's going to be tied to your performance, but not your value, not how I treat you, not how I invest in you, not how I develop you, not how much time I spend with you. And we spend a lot of time. I know it's my goal is to spend one-on-one -on -one time with our guys a lot throughout the year in my office, face-to-face, -face, sit down with them, get to know them. Matter of fact, we have 19, you know, this kind of shows you, I've shared with some of the coaches in the hallway, that how it's changed in, in, in college football. We had 19 new players in January to join our team, mid-year. Never had that. The most we had in the past was, I think, seven to eight mid-year guys. We had 19. Nine from high school, 10 from college. And so I met with all those guys in my office, one-on-one, face-to-face, -on -one, -face, going through all everything about them, they're more the details of their lives and their families and their goals and their dreams and everything they want to accomplish. And I just talked to those guys from the heart to the heart. And I had one of the guys that was coming from another school, he's in an SEC school. He said, Coach, I, I've been there for so many years. I said, I've never once sat in the head coach's office other than when I was getting recruited. I said, well, you know what? Because he thought he was in trouble when I asked, asked him to come see me. And I said, no, this is what we're going to do as much as I possibly can. I said, how can I lead you? How can I motivate you if I don't know you? If you don't know me? And to me, that trust has got to be built. It just, it just doesn't happen. And I think kids today struggle with trusting sometimes, especially because of their home environments. But the bottom line is, is that's what I want our foundation to be. Accountability, tough stuff. Everybody knows we had a tough 2021 season, okay? We had a great and amazing 2020 season, and then all these expectations, and we had everybody back, and, and honestly, the season might be, it could be fair to say, it might have been the opposite of what we expected, okay, as far as our record was. And it was a lot of tough losses and a lot of injuries and a lot of, it just seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong. But you know what? When you got a foundation, okay, when you know who you are, and when the storms come, not if, but when those storms come, like they came this year, and I'm sure there will be more in the future, you weather that storm because you got a rock of a foundation. And we know what it is. It's accountability, it's toughness, and it's love. And it will not change. As I said, the word for 2022 is build. So I'm right now I'm reading the book, Built to Last. Okay? Built to Last is a book that was written uh, years ago about identifying why the most successful companies in the world have been able to stay at that level for year after year after year. Okay? And the theme of that book is that you have a set of core values that you believe in as an organization. Okay? And you got to adjust. We've had to adjust. We've had to adjust the way things are being, you know, recruiting's different now with the transfer portal. NIL's created some changes. All right? We've had to make adjustments to all that. But the core values do not change. And that's a, that's a principle from that book that I've already, I've only read the first four or five chapters. Okay? But that's the thing that stuck out to me right away and how you, how you are able to build something that's going to have lasting power, okay? And so when you think about that word that I have up there on the screen, okay, which is build, and I always try to define these words, and the definition is to form by ordering and uniting materials, which is a process, okay, to a, which I think is a key part of this, into a composite whole. So we're trying to build a football team. So when I came and, and got the head job at Indiana, you know, I reached out to um, Coach Hepner's wife, Jane, and I asked her, I said, did Coach Hep believe that he could win the Big Ten when he came to Indiana? She didn't even hesitate. She said, yes. He believed they could win the Big Ten at Indiana. 
And I say that for a reason because, to me, when I took over as head coach here, and I, I get it, I understand it's a, it's a tough job and a tough division and a tough conference, and haven't historically had that happen very often. Not since 1967. So I wasn't even born at that time. But it's important to understand the vision. Because I wanted to say with confidence that our vision is to build men and build a football team that can win the Big Ten. That's the vision. Because here's the key. I've learned this in leadership, okay? They will buy into the leader first. They meaning your players or whoever you're leading. They will buy into the leader first before they'll ever buy into his vision. You can have the best vision ever. If they don't believe in you as the leader, it don't matter what you believe the vision to be. That is very, very true. And that's where the whole crux of who we are, I believe, begins. Building that trust. How do you build trust in these young men that you're coaching? They got to know you love them, no matter what. We've had some, you know, guys with the transfer portal, and it kind of has hit us in a way where, uniquely, we had 36 seniors this season, which is double what you normally have because of the pandemic. Everybody's got these bonus years. Everybody's got a COVID year, whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, you got all those guys, and basically, if you keep all those guys, the NCAA is only, you know, last year they gave us a reprieve of, Bonus scholarships that year, super seniors, they call them. But then now this year we're back to 85. So if you keep all those 36 guys, you, you can't sign any high school guys. That's pretty much a whole class. So we had to tell them, you know, hey, guys, you know what? You graduated. We appreciate everything you do. If you want to keep playing football, you're probably going to have to, you know, you got to go somewhere else. So we got to be able to, if we, you can't just have a jacked up roster age-wise. And so all that being said, some guys have had to, you know, make tough decisions about being a grad transfer and putting themselves in the portal. Okay? And so even some guys, as you get to that process, you talk to them about, you know, what you're building in them. And you have those honest conversations. And when they know you care about them, and hopefully over time that's been proven and you create that trust, okay, then you now have a chance for them to believe in the vision that you have. Because it's easy to say, and I think I've shared this, not with this group, but I shared this going into this last season. I didn't let our guys say, break it down on Big Ten Champs when I first got there. I felt like when I was there the first year as D.C., I heard it said several times. I thought it was shallow. I didn't think it was heartfelt. I didn't think it was sincere. I didn't think we were doing the little things it took to be able to even say those words. So when I first took over, they weren't allowed to break anything down on Big Ten champs, ever. And the, the, the going into the 2021 season was the first time I told our leadership council, guys, you guys can now break it down if you choose to, a workout, a practice, whatever, on Big Ten champs, Okay. Because I want those words to mean something. But it's always been the vision that I had to be able to do that. Because without a vision, you got nothing. So, but to me, if they don't believe in you, if they don't believe you care about them, you love them, how do you do that? You got to invest in them. It takes time. I get it. It's inconvenient. It's hard. And the best time to get close to a player is when he's going through something really, really tough. I think we all understand that. That's how, that's how life works. But the bottom line is, is that we're trying to build a Big Ten championship football team. That's the vision. Well, how do you do that? By capturing the hearts and minds of your players. 
That's the number one job that everybody lined up here today, no matter, I don't care what they do in this program, that's their number one responsibility. Capture the hearts and minds of your players. Well, how do you do that? What does that even mean? It goes back to what I just said in the beginning. They know you love them unconditionally. They know you love them no matter what, whether they're playing at a high level or they're struggling, whether things are going their way or things are not going their way. And you get a chance day after day to prove that to them by investing in them and helping them to become the man they were created to be, to one day become a tremendous husband and father. Not perfect, none of us are, but one that has a passion and a heart to be great as a man. And they know the difference. They know when they're being used to be a means to an end. And I get, I understand the pressure to win. I understand all that full well. And to me, that's a critical, critical part of all this is capturing the hearts and minds of your players. And this is everything we do is built around this concept. Now, also, I want to think about this. We want to build the best team. Because as I articulate to our guys consistently, the best team wins on game day, not the best group of individuals. Build the best team. That's the objective. Build the best football team. Before we get into the last half of Coach Allen's talk, I want to share some information about our partner, SportsScope. SportsScope is the industry leader in end zone camera and sideline instant replay technology. SportsScope manufactures 20-foot and 30-foot quality U.S.-made end zone towers with the most advanced technology to make filming on game day easy and stress-free. SportsScope end zone cameras allow your camera operator to film from up in the press box have built-in instant replay for crucial in-game adjustments, and even have artificial intelligence designed to get you consistent end zone film and reduce your staff on game nights. Edge Replay syncs multiple camera angles and delivers instant replay to your sideline iPad in seconds with no laptops needed. Paired with their three-point network, the SportsScope app gives you full playback control so you can make adjustments your players can see. The SportsScope app offers easy and predictive play tagging by ODK and is packed with smart features to save you time and allow for easy uploads after the game. Give your staff the edge on game nights with SportsScope end zone camera and edge replay. Visit SportsScope.com today. And if you want to hear how you use all of this in a process and a workflow, listen to our episode with Douglas Rivers, who's the tight ends coach and technology coordinator at six-time state champion from South Carolina, Dutch Fork High School. I'll put the link to that one in the show notes. Now let's get back to Coach Allen. So how do we do that? We have leadership council. Everybody does this. I know a lot of people use these. This is what it came to was that I want to make sure we understand that leadership is just not something that just you're born with. You all hear the, the natural born leader guys, and we've all had a few of those, you know, I've coached for, it's going to be my 31st season coming up this fall. And we've all had those few guys that kind of like, man, they just kind of have that special something about it. But I'm going to tell you what, most of them need to be trained. So we're going to be very purposeful in that. Okay, I'm not going to get into this too much here. I got some other things I want to talk about. But, but the bottom line is, is that as we go through, the, the team votes for these guys. We got 29 guys on leadership council. It's one third of our team. I meet with them every single week during this time of the year, every Wednesday night. And we go through and we talk about how do you lead. I use John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership as the guide for that. Okay? And it goes through and just takes you through. I got a workbook for that. Read the book. Study the book. 
create the things I think our team needs and different things. We've been doing a lot lately about mindset and the power of the mind, positive versus negative. So one thing I'll share with you, I think it's very, very powerful. Talking about having a neutral mindset and how, how negative thoughts are so damaging. And what a neutral mindset just simply means this, is that I understand that the past is real, okay? It happened, it's real, but it's only predictive if you refuse to change your behavior. The past is only predictive if you refuse or do not change your behavior. So we talk about a kid, and when I go through and meet with our guys, I find out, and I get, get them tell me the three things they want to do to become, and how they're going to chase greatness in their life academically, personally, and in football. They got to give me three things in those three areas. There's a total of nine things. We go over, and I have those, I write them all down. Now I can hold them to those things that they say that they really want to, to be and become. All right, well, the bottom line is if their daily habits are not in a way that's going to allow them to achieve those individual goals, they got no chance to be successful. So when they make a bad decision, I hold them account. I said, you've told me when we met together, you want to do this, this, and this. But your behavior is not going to create any of these. And then we proceed to talk about what that's going to create. Maybe some kind of a, a penalty we have, accountability. All right, you're going to hold them to so once again, it's about the process. And, and I want to, as I go through, you think about, obviously, leadership is influenced. I'm not going to get into all these. It's, it's kind of a whole nother talking all of itself. But the one at the end there is kind of interesting to me, the law of addition. You have 21 laws for leadership. The law of addition means this. Basically, I'm going to serve others. And John Maxwell says this, and once he said it, I read it, I thought, you know what, it makes a lot of sense to me. So you're either in, in a relationship, so as a coach to player, okay, you're either adding value to that person, which means you're serving them, okay, or you're subtracting from them. So as a leader, you're either adding or subtracting to a relationship, okay? And I kind of talked to our players. They, we've all known relationships that were a drain to you. And they kind of chuckle, and I'm, they're, they're thinking of, the, of a girlfriend that they dated that was like, you know, just wasn't good for them, okay? It could be other things, but we kind of had little discussions about all that. But Maxwell goes on to say that 90% of people that add value to others do so intentionally. And 90% of the people that subtract from others do so unintentionally. Why is that true? I ask our guys this. Why is that the case? That we have to intentionally make ourselves add value to others, but we just naturally, without even thinking, we subtract from others. Well, the answer is pretty simple. We're all naturally pretty selfish. We're pretty selfish. So we talk about in Indiana about having love for each other. And after we say LEO, we talk about this, that I don't care who gets the credit because it's not about me. That's where two worlds collide. Because you know what? And I'm talking to myself here. I'm talking to coaches. It goes for us as well. It starts with us as well. Okay, initially. If it is about you and you care who gets the credit on your staff, your staff will never be great. Because here's the beauty of that. It goes for coaches and it goes for players. When you submit to the team, talking to our players, okay, and you buy into the team and you do whatever you can to help your teammates be successful and this team be successful and you have a great season and the team accomplishes great things, who gets recognized? The team obviously does, but who else? The individual players. The best teams I've coached on, they've won either in high school or state championship or the best teams we've had in college that have had a chance to go to bowl games, okay? Those teams had the most number 
the best season we had since I've been in the end. We had the most All-Americans. We had the most All-Conference players. We had the most guys recognized. Coaches got opportunities. We had two coordinators that had a chance to go on and be head coaches, leaving our program, which is awesome. But when you try to make it about you, and you try to find a way to get the credit for something, instead of being the guy that says, I don't care who gets the credit, I just want our team to be successful. Okay, so I want to coach the staff, and I want a football team that thinks that way. Because when you put yourself first, you don't do as well, and neither does your team. That's why coaching football is the greatest opportunity, I think, in any, any sport to coach. Here's why. We got 125 guys on our team. 125. That's a lot of people. And you all know we got to get all 125 guys together. And when I talk to players and I try to, to um, recruit them to Indiana, here's what I tell them. I tell their parents the same thing. Man, I'm, I'm going to motivate you. I want to lead you. I want to I direct you. I'm going to push you to become special and to become great. But there's one thing I cannot do. I can't pull you. Because if I have to pull you, that means you're trying to go that way, and I want you to go that way. That's why you find players. If you coach college, you recruit them. And in high school, you try to build it in these guys because you get what you have at the high school level for the most part. You find those that want to be motivated, that want to be a part of who you are, that fit with your program. That's what we got to do at Indiana. So I think about that, how big that is. Now, the law of addition is a huge concept for our program as a staff, as a team, to learn how to serve others and pour your heart and mind into those guys. This is pretty critical here. I'm going to kind of slide in from this into the next and kind of finishing point here. And that is this. There's, to me, there's three levels of accountability. The first, when you, when you start coaching in a place, the first level of accountability is you're trying to get your coaching staff, and the head coach is the leader, you're trying to get your coaching staff to hold players accountable. You say something, you do it. We talk about on defense. We got three DNA items. This is who we are. Takeaways, tackling, and effort on a practical sense here. We're going to take the ball away. We're going to tackle better than anybody else, and we're going to have phenomenal effort. Well, you know what? We better be able to evaluate all three of those every single day. And if it's not what you want, it doesn't meet your standard, there's going to be a penalty. There's accountability. You got takeaway take goals every day in practice. You don't reach those goals, we're running gassers. You loaf in practice, you don't give full effort, you're going to do up-downs. Okay? You miss a tackle, you got, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's accountability for everything. Okay? So, first level of accountability is player or coaches holding their players accountable. Level two is this. You get the players to hold themselves accountable. That's the next step in your program. When the players hold themselves accountable. And then the third level is the players holding each other accountable. This is what I want to say right here real quick. The phrase at the bottom. To our leadership council, here's what I told them two years ago. Leadership by example is not leadership. It's just doing your job. I hear people say, oh, man, he's a great kid. He's a, man, he just leads by example. You know what you just told me? He just didn't want to talk. He didn't want to confront anybody. Because that's hard. I've had it. We've had guys on our team. I had to be able, we had to show them. We had to empower them to learn to do the third. The first one's easy. Encouraging. Confronting is hard. Holding each other accountable. That's tough. You better show them how to do it. Because if you don't, you're not in the locker room all the time. You're not with them all the time. That's how you take your team from here up to here. It's a big, big deal to me. Now, when I think about this, Leadership by example being non-leadership. It's part of it. It's base level, but it's just what you have to do to earn the right to speak. 
Now, last couple thoughts here before I wrap it up. We try to do as many things we can do to, to create, and we've, we've spent two years of telling these guys to stay apart. Now we're going to try and get them back together off campus and doing things together. So just be as crazy as you can be about finding ways to get your guys to do things together. So there's no, we do paintball and we do karaoke together and we do, you know, trying to, even this year we're going to do this summer, we're going to do basketball competitions, you know, three point, just things that compete. We do accountability groups. One thing we divide our guys now in these accountability teams. And if a guy misses class one time, he has Dawn Patrol, he misses it again. He has the whole accountability group, which is 10 guys, has Dawn Patrol with him because I was late or didn't go to class. They ain't a whole lot of fun. That's positive peer pressure you have to have. That's just what we do. We have a whole system of accountability for that. And then if it goes, if, if, if that doesn't work, then the whole side of the football that he's on, if he's a defensive guy, the whole defense is in at 6 a.m. doing accountability time together, which is something very, very difficult. Coach Wellman and his staff do a tremendous job of behavior modification, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So the bottom line is, is you just better have a level of a way to hold your players and your coaches to do what you ask them to do and they say they're going to do. It's not real complicated. Is it easy? No. But it's not complicated. And when you get an environment where they know that they got to police themselves, that's that players hold each other accountable, it's a powerful thing. We did not have that in the first couple years. We didn't at all. Had some great guys that didn't want to speak. And I tell you what, I'm going to give Coach Shelby credit. He gave me this definition, and I've adopted it full bore, for how we want our players to be known on the team as a leader. It's the ability to confront right and wrong accompanied by production. I thought that was pretty awesome. Okay? The ability to confront right and wrong accompanied by production. Why is the last part important? You better make some plays on game day if you want to have a voice. I get it. You better make some plays. I'm not saying you got to be the best player, but I have seen this happen on the, in, in, our, in our world. I've seen some scout team guys, and that was their role. They were phenomenal. They earned the respect of their teammates. And they earned the right to speak. By the time they had proven that they understood that role, and they were going to be the best scout team player in the country, which is awesome. So their, their, their production was during the week. But you got to be able to confront right and wrong to be a leader on the football team. And if they don't know how to do it, we got to teach them. Now, I'm going to share one last thing here as I kind of wrap up. And as you know, I'm a, a big reader. Or if you know me well, you know that. And our one word for 2021 was chase. Got that from a book by the title of Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson. And he has a Lion Chasers Manifesto that I read to our team. I read to him several times. And it really embodies everything I want to be as a coach in the lives of our players, in the life that I live, in the lives of our coaches. I'm going to read this manifesto to the group. Kind of talk about a couple things within it. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Sometimes in life, you got to take some chances. You got to take some risks. You got to be willing to put yourself out there. I know for me, when we made the decision to leave high school coaching in 2006, I had no idea what was going to happen. I knew what I had a dream of, 
And my goal was to be a defensive coordinator in the Big Ten. And I had no idea if that would ever be a reality. There's a lot of things we had to risk. My wife is awesome. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals and pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that's destined to fail unless something bigger than yourself intervenes. Stop pointing out problems and become a part of the solution. Stop repeating the past and start creating the future. We talk about this all the time with our players. Face your fears, fight for your dreams, and grab opportunity by the main, and don't let go. And I'll continue to read the rest of it here, but I want to talk about chasing what that means of chasing a lion. What, what, what are 500-pound lions in your life? Well, for me, it's something that's way bigger than me. Right now, it's, it's this job. I can't do this on my own. For our players, it's a dream that they have to be able to create a better life for themselves. And sometimes those dreams can kind of choke you out. So we got to give our guys the courage and the confidence to chase those dreams and the ability to how to handle the adversities that go with chasing those dreams. Whatever it is for anybody in the room, you may have a dream to coach college one day. You may have a dream to do whatever it is where you're at. I don't know where. It's different for everybody. That's why it makes it personal and it's very powerful. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Think about that too, those two dichotomy there. Live like it's your first day and the last day. You think about when you do something for the first time. I thought about this. I thought about that sentence. The first big time game I coached in as a college coach when I was at Arkansas State and we played against Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. It was a night game and it was sold out. It was the first really, really big stadium game I ever coached in. I'd gone from Wabash to Lambeth, which is in the eye, to, to Drake, and then to Arkansas State. And the bottom line was it was an awesome environment. I'll never forget it. Little T Thomas, he stood up here and he just graduated and I was one of our coaches. He was in the seventh grade and I was blessed to be with the head coach that let me have my my family around me during the season, and Thomas was with me on that trip, and we ran out of the tunnel together. They had inner Sandman was what they played, but they still do that to this day. It's really pretty cool. Okay, we're the visiting team. If you ever played in those games as a, a mid-major and you get a lot of money to play in those games, usually the most exciting part of that process is the warm-up and run out of the tunnel. Then you got about three and a half hours of getting your tail whooped, okay? <laughs> and, and all that kind of wears off, right? So, but we fortunately played pretty good, and we got beat, but we... We were, we, were, we were in it a little bit, but bottom line was, I'll never forget that moment, never will. The first time you do something, live your life like it's the first day and the last day. We've had, you know, I think about Paul Logan, I think about him all the time. His daughter, Sammy's one of our managers. Last time I saw Paul, he came to our first spring practice right when the pandemic just hit. He had no idea he had the virus, and he probably had it when I was with him. Never saw him again. We're promised nothing. Our players are promised nothing. Man, invest in them with everything you got. Give them everything you have. Give them a chance to have success and, and, and let them know what really matters in this life. It's not just winning football games. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. 
Grab opportunity by the mane and never let go. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Dare to believe. I used that phrase when I was a young high school coach in Tampa, Florida, 1992. I believed in a group of young men and they believed in me. I had no clue what I was doing as a coach. Just loved them, got them to play hard, play together. Quit holding out, quit holding back, quit running away, chase the lion. So I challenge you, whatever that lion is for you, chase it. Challenge your players to do the same thing. Live this life with no regrets. Understand what you believe and why you believe it. I don't tell our guys what to believe. I know what I believe. I want our football team to live their life with purpose and passion and conviction. Know what you believe and why you believe it and learn to stand for it. Thanks again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. Again, to access this clinic talk as well as the hundreds of others from the State Association Mega Ticket, go to ifca2022.coachesclinic.com. Check out our partner, Recon Sports. Recon Sports gives you the win before you take the field with innovative, interactive scouting reports and visualize the game like never before. The reports allow you to turn your huddle data into modern visuals that will transform your film room into a pro-level scouting room. You'll customize your team profile and build out your schedule to scout your opponent's strengths, weaknesses, and tendencies with our automated dashboards. You can customize everything from field zones to personnel sets to analyze multiple game scenarios to help you study the game like never before. The latest advancements in sports reporting technology. Don't fall behind the competition. Head to GetReconSports.com or on any social media platform at GetReconSports. Thank you again for listening. Go to CoachingCoordinator.com to follow all we're doing and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.